Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Taylor Hawley, who had an out-of-this-world experience during a minor stroke. Taylor, thank you for joining me today and welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, Taylor, if you don't mind, let's just start on the day that it happened and go from there. I was um, watching the, on a Saturday, I was watching the uh, previews for the game, uh, preview coverage for the games, NFL games Sunday. And I felt a little strange, I guess. And, uh, decided to take a shower and I got in the shower and I started getting dizzy off to dizzy, just dizzy. And then I realized that um, I was dizzy off to one side and it was getting worse. I could feel it actually getting worse. And um, um, so I stood up on one leg and I fell off to the left side and I stood on the other leg and I fell off to the same side. So I realized it was one side of my brain. And it was nervous somehow, nervous system somehow. And I got out of the shower, called my dad, who's a doctor, and he said, get up to the ER right now, stat. And so I did. And I got a ride. And, and uh, within, um, I was examined. I couldn't walk straight without falling off to the one side, left side. And um, within about two hours I was in a private room and within 10 hours I was in ICU. I had, I went blind. I couldn't feel anything from the waist down on my right side and from my scalp, left side of my scalp. So there was both sides of the brain involved. Um, and then I just felt really high, like they'd given me a narcotic and they had not. So um, they put me in ICU and we're just nervous that systems, autonomic systems, the breathing and heart and whatever might start shutting down that I had a, I had a stroke going on. And it was uh, technically not a stroke, it was a TIA, uh, which is an ischemic event, but it's very stroke-like. It's, it's like a temporary stroke is what we basically call it. So um, I had no long-term effects, but, um, I sure went through every single note test afterwards. But so I was um, in ICU for two days and then in a private room for two days. And on the second day in the private room, I realized I started remembering something about something that happened in the, in the uh, uh, first room in the, I'm sorry. I went into, yeah, the first night in ICU, I remembered about two in the morning on the very first night, something happened and I couldn't, it started coming to me and I was like, how do I have this memory? You know, I obviously had forgotten it, if you will. 
And then um, it started coming back to me. And what happened, um, by the way, about three in the morning, whatever it was stopped. I could feel it stop. It was, it was like some virus was controlling me and getting worse and worse and worse. Um, and then it stopped. I could tell what it stopped. So I told the nurse in the ICU, it stopped. I'm, I'm, it's not progressing. It's no better, but it's not progressing. So days later in the private room, I started remembering this experience I had. And right off the bat, I was like, is this, was this beta endorphins, which is a common thing of, of near death. Uh, your body thinks you're gonna die. It goes into these releases, uh, some things. and that make, can make you hallucinate. And, and I was like, no, no way. But what I experienced was um, I, I uh, saw this um, cre a crevice in front of me. It was like the machine gun slit in some of these old forts in World War II that they would um, stick the barrels out of these little slits and shoot their guns. But it went from and, and when I describe this, it is exactly the same way every time. It, it's, I remember it like it was this morning. Um, so there were these slits and they were dark. I was on the earth, but this, these, this slit was, um, went to infinity to both sides of me. So right then I was already in some kind of surreal or different um reality because i used the term infinity that's that's I, I knew that it was um it went forever to one side so basically it was i was looking out into another dimension or whatever but it looked like space it was dark out there and then on above and below was the earth still i was here so um couldn't see stars but it was i assumed they were there I assumed it was space because that was what my brain was thinking. So um, I felt as if I, the closer I got, I wanted, I was curious about it. So I approached it. However, I did. Again, that was out of body because it was, how did I approach it? <laughs> Another dimension. Um, the, uh, and the closer I got to it, the more I felt a, I describe it as a suction so it's like the drain at the bottom of a swimming pool sort of that it, the closer i got the more force it pulled me pulled me toward it and it wanted to i felt like if i got certainly if i went through it but if i got too close it would just suck me out into the universe and that if i if it did that i felt for certain that all of my what I described then is all of my atoms um, would be equally dispersed throughout the universe. Um, uh, uh, the entire universe. And that my, since I was a relatively good person and loving and um, spiritual and non, you know, a, a good guy, basically, that I would exert positive influence on the universe. And that when other people 
um, and, and this is not such a visual, uh, it gets visual in a minute, more visual in a minute, but it, this is my interpretation. It was what, what I was thinking um, of my perception. So as people pass into the next reality, um, it's about our energy and, and my energy would transfer with these atoms and give a positive influence on the, on the uh, universe. And so that when bad people pass negative, they give negative energy to the universe. And so that's why it's important for us to nurture positive positivity and love and peace and whatever in our lives so that as we pass we offset the others and the overall energy level of the universe is positive otherwise we're in trouble so i gathered all that so okay that's the spiritual or the sort of rational thing i had going on so i got um i pulled away because as I as I uh, I felt like I had a choice, and I, I'm convinced that was I could have died. Many people tell you that, and there's ample evidence that people have a choice to die or not to die. And I've had experiences since that I believe have backed that up, and I have friends that have uh, chosen to live. But um, the uh, I went. Um, I'm not sure the sequence or where I exactly was, but I, as I viewed the infinity that was through that crevice, um, as I looked out into what I called space, um, nothing on this planet, everything on this planet and in my life became instantly absolutely unimportant. I had no, um, my my kids, my wife, my parents, my grandparents, this whole earth, nobody, nothing on this earth. This earth seemed like it was minuscule and absolutely unimportant in the blink of an eye on a bigger journey. So, um, and I, that's hard to describe, but I was completely, I, I still um, get that. Um, and I'll cover in just a second where sort of where that took me later on. But um, the I felt absolutely no um, and oh and, and there was a huge sense of relief that um, I understood that when we pass, I just felt this enormous weight lifted. Uh, because of, I didn't have to worry about this planet anymore. That this is a pretty hard place to live, in uh, in a lot of aspects, and it's an interesting place to live, and it's challenging and everything else. But to be rid of it, and to look for, out forward into this kind of spirituality place that I was looking at, and I could literally felt like I could look back on the, I could see the Earth from a distance. Or if I went through the crevice, I would be able to see it from a distance. So, um, and I abs instantly felt absolutely no sadness for anybody that has passed or that will pass. 
or in, in absolutely no fear of death anymore after I went through this. So the, um, a lot of people, religious people I've told, I haven't told many people this story because they look at me like I'm a crazy person, but, um, or they just blow it off or they're just not listening. But it was very life-changing. And uh, um, the, uh, you know, so religious people want to make it religious and, you know, um, spiritual people want to make it you know they all want to assign their own belief system to it but i also realized that it is so absolutely infinite what i was looking at that we can't possibly explain it and i, I felt this borders on i'm sure sacrilegious for some but i'm a very spiritual person i believe in god i'm a, a believe in all of those efforts to be good and to love so that when we pass we get positive influence on the universe. But in my opinion, after this, the, we can't possibly explain religion, no religion, no nothing can explain this. It's unexplainable. It is absolutely infinitesimally unexplainable. So cut to many years later, um, I uh, never forgot this. Uh, I've been told by many people to write it and whatever, and I probably at some point I will, I'm doing this, this is um, maybe a start to that, but the, um, I always sort of had an itch to scratch after that. Um, and I first of all went to church. I became very active in church because I, I, I thought, what do I do with this? Went to my minister and I said, explained what I'd gone through. And he was like, yeah, it's, you know, we get this kind of thing all the time. <laughs> I'm like, no, you know, you know, I'm not, apparently I'm not telling the story well. So um, anyway, I've always been kind of in search of sort of what the hell that was, or heaven, if you will. And um, so it brought me here to um, Fairfield, Iowa, where I, that and some other things, but some other near-death things. Um, and so I meditate now. I've been trained, and, and some of the training I've gone through has been from um, I've read stories and heard stories of people that had very similar experiences as mine. So I'm beginning to hear um, things like the darkness and looking out into the inf infinite uh universe, if you will, and spiritual as well, not just physical. Um, and it's um, what I'm seeing, relating it, this is my doing, but I'm relating it to the physics, the unified field, that everything is the same. We're all made of the same stuff and uh, all kinds of other offshoots of that. But I've had in my meditations, which uh, we meditate, I'm a meditator, not a big ranking TM person, but um, in my 20 minutes, twice a day meditations, I have had experiences that have kind of knocked on the door of what I've been out into that and looked back into at the earth. I've seen the earth from that distance again. So I was able to, I'm able to sometimes, not every time, revisit sort of that thing that I had. And it's just fascinating. Anyway, that's uh, 
pretty much it. I, the um, experiencing the, I, I guess probably the most moving thing is it, it's all it's insanely moving. I I just walked around for about a year, just going, what was that? You know, and I couldn't really tell anybody about it because I tried, and they're like I said, looked at me like I was crazy, but. Um, but the biggest thing was that how much bigger my world became after this, because it's much, there's much more to it than what we, than, you know, driving to school and, and, uh, you know, Starbucks, <laughs> there's a lot more to it than, uh, all this casuality. This all seems very casual to me now. You know, for later things, um, I I don't take I, I take some things uber seriously, but nowhere near as like I used to be. I used to be a corporate guy and a real high pressure, a real uh, workaholic, and uh, all that. And I realize now that it's, that's uh, a good phase, and you know, it's part of my life. But I wouldn't do that again. Taylor, thank you for sharing your experience. You mentioned that. Earth was like a good place to live and, you know, a challenging place and an interesting place to live. Did you get the sense that there are other places you can live out in the universe as well? I wouldn't call it living. Definitely. It's, it's, um, that's kind of where I go sort of my goal is there's no goal in meditation you just kind of take there's no such thing as a bad meditation experience in our way of thinking and feeling um and experience but um it's not living it's being there's a different place to be and we're all part of it here it's just hard to see because there's just we're all so busy if you will and it's also physical in front of us. It's a very metaphysical place to go. So yes, but it's not a living there. It's um, it's going there. And part of that is is uh, sort of having a faith, to use a, a religious term, that it's there. And that it's always, um, we live there already. We just need to, or, or it is, interesting to experience at least a tiny bit of it while we're here still on earth what i was trying to ask was is it possible that there are other worlds to go incarnate on besides the earth i I didn't feel any of that i'm not saying that, that i personally believe and i'm very science and a very uh science fictiony guy and very uh into all that, you know, I uh, I think it's impossible that there are not other places to go. I think we it'd be hard for us to get there. You know, we don't have propulsion systems to carry us there. But um, and then there's the question of uh, when. There there's absolutely no doubt in my mind, in many people's minds, many smart people's minds, that there has been or will be life on other places that we could go to. But when did it happen? I mean, the time frame is is maybe trillions and quadrillions of years or whatever. Um, so I, I don't I don't know if that answers the question, but 
I didn't have the sense of that. It was much bigger than even that. My experience was much bigger than that. It was a, uh, that wasn't even important where I, what, and what I saw. It was, uh, yeah, so what if, so what? <laughs> you know, right. they're in on it too. They're, they're part of it too. Right. We just, and I hope, hope they're having the same experience or maybe they're, maybe they were watching me when I was out there, you know, or whoever, or sensing me that I was out there or, um, it was more organic than that. It was, um, it was not about places. It was about a one place, the place, this place, not earth, but the entire reality. Did you sense any other beings out there or at least did you sense God? No beings, other beings. Um, I felt part of everything. So the beings, to rationalize it, and it's a very irrational thing. Um, I felt like I was part of the um, totality of it all. And that, that um, again, the, the beings were um, part of it. I just assumed that, and it didn't really matter. It, it just, it's not something that I would have, even if I would have, if it would have occurred to me, I'd have gone, okay, I'm not surprised. As far as God goes, a God, a uh, divinity, if you will, yes. Um, but that's the oneness I'm talking about. You, you, uh, the Holy Spirit is the way a Christian or um, many religions have a version of the same thing, and it's it's a spirit, it's a uh, faith, it's um, it's um, a trust that it's all out there, and and there's more to it than this. I think that's kind of what a lot of people think is heaven. Maybe uh, people could definitely um, construe this as heaven. Uh, some version of heaven uh, because it's i was absolutely carefree i had it was i was so relieved and so um happy and not even not even happy i just was you know there was no analysis i just simply was and that's that's part of the you, know, you talk to zen zen people zen buddhists and they talk about contemplating the void that's what i saw was the void um, I didn't, um, it was, it was nothing and it was everything. It was infinity and it was, you know, um, right here, right now. So it was, uh, indescribable and yet I couldn't just, I could keep talking for hours and not finish describing it. It's, uh, and it's, I hear a lot of that from the transcendental meditationists about, um, um, the one they have a, a one th singularity theory that we're all part of a, a one thing one uh, reality if you will but it has no description <laughs> 
if you try to describe it, you just get into what they say with scientists. If you look at something that we're down to such small particles that if you even if the light of a of a microscope or electron microscope or whatever instrument hits it, it changes it. So we can't we can't view it in its natural state ever because we don't have the instruments to. It's it's like that. So once you start to describe it, you're done. It, it's the more you get into it. The more I think about it, the less I, it just is. <laughs> it's hard to explain. It's very similar in a lot of things. And, and that's what a lot of Christians, uh, I think true Christians uh, or, or um, religious people, or organized religion, um, want true people that aren't in it for the notoriety or the connections or the money or the whatever true Christians that are, are true religious people that are in it for the spiritual journey um, are headed there too. It's, it's a, it's a ocean of that we're all in as different depths, but we're all in this ocean. That's a description again too. This is Ernie, by the way. Ernie, Ernie is happy. You know, it's interesting is I don't, I was watching him and a lot of times he's looking up and looking around and I don't know if that's a reaction to you scratching his back or he's actually watching something that we don't see. I'm absolutely convinced that I have a cat and a dog and I've always thought it about cats that they see things we don't. Um, and you know, I, I know people, especially since I moved here, I've met people that see all kinds of things that we don't, most people don't. Like I have a friend that sees auras around people and um, she's described mine and it, it's, and she's, it's like having perfect pitch sort of, she, she doesn't even talk about it much, but she, everybody she sees and she sees these auras and then empaths and there's just this whole spiritual world out there that is banging all over this thing that I saw. I I hear versions of what I felt and saw in almost every all of these things. So yeah, there's a lot more going on, in my opinion. And I I uh, another thing this this experience taught me was it's about energies. Um, or that's a word for it. If you try to, and again, I'm guilty of my own criticism, but the uh, we pass on energy. There's entropy. You know, we don't. There's no such thing as, as the disappearance of matter or of energy. It just transfers. So where does all that go when all these trillions of people have passed away in, in all this time and, and uh, all, these, all, these, all this love and even hate and all these things, where did that go? Those are energetic. Those have energy as well. And I, I think we're, that's a dimension that um, is out there. Before the podcast, we were speaking about where you live, and that's Fairfield, Iowa, which is a, a town of about 9,000 people, but in that town is the Transcendental Meditation University, which brings all types of meditators from all over the world, right? Yep. And has since the late 60s. And it was started by who? Uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi of Beatles fame. He's the guy that the Beatles went to see in India and, uh, and uh, 
George Harrison in particular, really, um, and a lot of their songs are written about experiences they had over there. John Lennon wasn't so pleased and Paul McCartney was kind of in the middle and Ringo was Ringo. But um, George Harrison really picked it up and that's kind of what got, he, he became much more famous after the Beatles um, experience. But he was, he was there doing his thing. Um, won't bother you with the whole history, but it's pretty amazing. But, um, but yeah, that's what, uh, this is Maharishi International University here. And it's um, uh, been around for a while. So you have all these different, it's just like anything else, all these different people. So all these different spins, if you will, on the same thing. So we're all kind of here. We all meditate mostly at uh, in the morning and the afternoon, depending on the person, different times. So that makes it kind of a uh, common experience that about 3,000 of us, 4,000, something like that, have. And then we have visitors all the time that come through. Some of them are very famous. Um, and uh, we never see them, but they're, they visit. But um, they, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, for one, is uh, a big proponent of TM. There are a lot of people. Uh, it's the biggest form of meditation in the world. So they have a saying. It's there are many ways to accomplish what we accomplish in meditation. Uh, our versions of whatever we do. Um, but ours is just the fastest. <laughs> During TM, is it kind of like a meditation based on chanting or saying Aum or yeah. something? Um, it's uh, more on just silence. I uh, um, There's a little bit of sound involved. Um, everybody kind of clams up when they start talking, really talking about it much. Um, because it's, um, it's best taught by teachers because there's there's just a lot of, um, it's just kind of the way it's always been. It's, it's, uh, unless you're a teacher or whatever, but uh, it's, um, but no, it's not a no it's not that. It's uh, everything's internal um, and uh, just being quiet. And then what you do with that, piece is um is interesting and it's uh, it's ever evolving it, and it's, it's our minds you know it's our brain um and you it gives you rest which is very helpful and um um it's, it's very very hard to explain that you get into it but and it's uh well, like i said i was not vegan before i started doing this or sort of semi like I said, I'm a little bit vegan, but or a little bit, um, uh, a little bit of meat eater. Uh, I have to be a little bit careful. I'm a, pan a cancer survivor and a um, heart attack survivor, so I have to watch. Can't get too radical with my diet. But I don't watch TV much because it's just it's just no longer interesting. There's just so much. I've seen so much that sitcoms and all that stuff are um, so um, contrived 
to me. Not to be negative, I, I appreciate the industry and TV now is better than it's ever been. But the um, personally, I'm just in a different spot. I'd rather um, do other things than, uh, and the commercials drive me absolutely nuts. And, and, and I'm a business major. I was a business major. I, I understand advertising and how important it is. I, I don't fault anybody for watching TV at all. I, I think it's a, an amazing, and I love the arts in, in whatever form, but the, um, and I consider TV to be an art. We all might get struck by lightning by the Madison Avenue people. But um, the, um, I just don't have time for it anymore. My priorities are different, and uh, and that I think to a large part is due to my mental exploration, spiritual exploration, from my experiences and, and life experiences and near death experiences. And I mean, I actually did die of a heart attack for four minutes once, and uh, but that was like falling asleep. I didn't. I had many spiritual occurrences after that. After I got out of the hospital and. I had no damage and everything else. And the world was, it was like the matrix looking at the world after that. Hmm. Um, so, um, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you mentioned earlier that you had other NDE things that brought you to Iowa. Can you tell us about some of those? Um, probably the most, um, I mean, I was changed. I had the, the, the near stroke thing. And then I had, years later, had a heart attack that I coded with, with no damage uh, uh, mentally or uh, heart-wise. And then I had pancreatic cancer, and I'm a pancreatic cancer survivor. The most recent thing was the cancer, and that was, I've been in remission for two years. And if anything really sort of brought me here, it was was the journey I was on in the... uh, with the cancer and the chemo and the surgery, I had very violent surgery, if you will. It's worse than open heart, they said. And um, the uh, and the chemo was very aggressive. So that all sort of changed my priorities even more. And I started to uh, um, on this journey of spirituality and of looking at the world in a different way, my priorities changed. And um, I think for the better, uh, I had a lot of time on my hands. So to recover from all of this, but um, just this, somebody suggested I look at this place, a friend of mine, your friend of mine, and um, and to look at transcendental meditation. I, I was, um, the, the, the probably the thing that, sort of pushed me here, got me into meditation was my recovery of cancer. They tell you that all the recovery, physical recovery and, and uh, treatment and the surgery, and you're all wound up in having cancer. Um, and you forget that's all, it's all consuming. You're, you're in, you're fighting for your life. And uh, that Harkened back to some of my previous experiences, but you're fighting for your life, and then all of a sudden they're like, "You're not going to die. <laughs> you're in remission." And you go, "Now what?" You know, I want to write a book called "Now What," 
Um, the uh, you my sort of slogan is um, I let's see. I was trying not to die for so long I forgot how to live. It's a very common thing, but nobody writes about it or talks about it much. They're all about the treatment, and they're you know you get well and they say okay go back into the world now, and you go out there and you're like oh, you know this is weird. So it really I got kind of strange. I got kind of uh, um, I didn't quite know how to act, if you will, and. Uh, I, I was working at a hospital, VA hospital at the time, and this nurse, this PhD nurse, or nurse practitioner was studying for her PhD, pulled me aside and said, Taylor, you need to do something, man. You're, you're, you're uh, out of sync. <laughs> and it wasn't really bad or, or crazy. It was, she spotted it because I was just, she said, you're just out of sync somehow. Maybe you should try this program with the VA. And, and part of that was meditation. So it was this lunch meditation on on, uh, Scott, on uh, Zoom kind of thing for 15 minutes. And it was just a, not anything close to what I needed. And so that in conjunction with my friend and everything sent me here. We go into TM. I became certified or trained in Chicago and then um, decided to move here. And that was all in just a few months from April till July a few years ago. So the, um, oh wait, one year ago. So just this July was one year. So um, that helped immensely when I started, particularly when I moved here, but just when I started meditating, I started going into, um, there, there are several health benefits to everything I went through and uh, my diet changed. Um, I, my relationship with food changed. I'm kind of a big guy and uh, I've lost 40 pounds. I'm um, still in remission from cancer. I, I'm a type two diabetic because they took half my earth two thirds of my pancreas when I had cancer. <clears throat> so I have to be on a pump treated as a type one diabetic. That's all much more controllable now. Um, I feel much better. I've started a business, didn't really mean to, that's really going gangbusters. Um, I've, I'm a parts of politically involved now directly. Um, I'm doing just all these things that uh, I, I feel like a lot of limits have been lifted. You know, two, I'm 65 and I've had kids and they're grown. And you know, a lot of people go through a version of this at my age, but um, this is more, much more than most, uh, in my opinion. How do you think we nurture positivity in our lives? Great question. Um, you just have to see that, you know, always look on the bright side, if you will. I, I think. What I do is to take everything as a learning experience and, and, and helps to hone another tool to um, handle similar situations later or other unsimilar um, un situations, dissimilar situations. So the, um, um, you know, we all get down and 
and examine why you're down and uh, and and see what uh, what's up with that. I mean, everybody, what pops to mind is kind of kids always blame their parents for their faults. And at some point we all grow up and we have to own it ourselves and do something about it. And those that just keep blaming their parents or blaming somebody else for all their issues are just gonna repeat that behavior and those thoughts. So you, know, you need to be working on yourself. And you know, all these people spend all this money on going to the gym and working out and lifting weights and, and aerobics and you know all these um, physical things. But we if you look at people that are that spend time, you know, some people think I'm a crackpot for moving to to uh, Fairfield. Most don't, which is new. That's a lot of people would, a lot more people would have thought I was crazy back a long time ago. But um, you know, we need to examine what's going on in our minds. Our minds control our body. He's got his hand on my shirt. Okay, hold on. Um, so th that that positivity, um, I, I, I would say the, the, the main way I view going through difficult situations is to look at them as learning experiences. And um, it goes for other people too. If, you, if somebody's angry at you, we do something called unstressing uh, that happens to you. <laughs> When you move here, because there's you start meditating and relaxing, and and then all of a sudden this this thing comes out, this anger comes out that is from, you know, I, I came from a very violent town. I moved here from Chicago, and and it was it's getting uh, you know, carjacking is a sport, you know, in uh, in Chicago, it's very very dangerous, and it's, it's it's going everywhere. It's not just in the rougher parts which that wouldn't be good either but um it's it's just i i'm with my other experiences i'm just tired of even seeing that on the news it's just bad energy and it was a time when i was younger i was it was so worth it to be in that but um but i just i don't i'm not interested in that level of uh of uh hyperactivity anymore I just want to chill out more. So part of that's aging, but um, it's different here. <laughs> um, there are a lot of people that are into it and have been into it for 40 or 50 years. My next door neighbor has been meditating for 42 years. He's what's called a governor, which means he can teach meditation. Which is, that takes a lot of time to get to that rank, if you will. But um, and then there are detractors of TN too. There are people that, and, and meditation in general, you know, that uh, think we're a bunch of whining rats. And uh, that's just absolutely, my dad was a psychiatrist. I grew up in this sort of self-examination thing. And that's uh, not for everybody, but uh, some of us need to do that. Some of us need to be operating on that realm. We have a theory that, that the TM people, uh, the real hardcore TM people believe that we emanate from this town. The reason Maharishi located here was 
we emanate from this town, this energy that is for peace and love. And everywhere each of us goes, we do, we exert that without even trying, as long as we're meditating and in touch with all that. So. Do you feel that on the other side, it's more real than here and this is more of a dream? Yes, that's a pretty good um, description, sort of. Uh, this is very real. I mean, you know, um, if, you know, if you cut me, do I not bleed? I think that's a Shakespeare movie. Um, the um, so it's very real here. It's just there's. We're just part of it, of the rest of it, and it and it's you, know, you could you could wonder if we're passing through and we all go to the same place or whatever. My perception is we're all already in the next world, if you will, and this is um, part of it. So we, the the two can't be really separated. So I, um, from my experience, it, it's it's almost like when I I feel like when I when I'm having to assemble some of this as we go, but it's doable. Um, as I looked back on Earth from wherever I was, it was as if that was a that was a transitional place a school, if you will, or a level of leveling up in a video game or um, some some version of training or preparation maybe or, but I, um, and anything, if I tried to explain anything more about it, I, I think I would be start, start making things or trying to rationalize things. But it's just, it's all part of the same thing. Um, I, all I know is, it, it, I think very telling of my experience was this was absolutely not important. Nothing mattered on this planet from where I was, what I was looking at. And, and I was, the first time in the, with the sort of stroke-ish thing, um, I was just looking at it. I wasn't, didn't really feel it until I, till I felt like I looked back, sort of. And I'm not even sure if I even did, I know I didn't go through the crevice. So it's all still kind of jumbled, but nothing was important here. And I did feel like I was looking back on Earth. That's interesting because that's the first time I've ever considered realized that it's interesting that i thought i had i had i was looking back on earth when i didn't i was still standing on earth but, and i and i felt that not going through the crevice was a choice and that if i went through the crevice i would have died on this earth sometimes so, on this podcast we talk about the higher self and you said part of us is already over there i don't know if you use that terminology higher self or not but do you think does that sound true for you? Yes. Um, 
I hate to keep coming back to TM, but it's it's you can you can a lot of what I say can be transferred just as easily to religion, organized religion, or um, probably the the uh, Aborigines in Australia, or any any of these spiritual kinds of things. It's we're all looking for the there. There's the good and bad, yin yang, the the um, the, the positive and negative, the love and hate, and all the opposites that you can't appreciate one without the other. It's all a, a, the same thing. And so where did that come from? You know, who who thought that up? It's too, it's it's been devised in too many distant places by separate, completely separate people. So um, where'd that come from? So the um, we, we, I think we're all on a continuum anyway, that we have good days and bad days, mean days and nice days, loving days and hating days, and you know, sick days and well days. And, and again, it's a, it's a continuum. Life is a continuum. Um, even into mental trouble um, or mental issues with uh, Everybody labels these people as they are this or they are that. When we're actually we're all on a continuum and we all experience, especially the thinking of us and feeling of us, more feeling of us, a continuum. So um, again, back to where did the yin yang come from originally? Who thought that up? The answer is it's always been there. I, it, what could, what else could there be? How else could it have? It's too. It's too. Um, pervasive i think one thing i find interesting is and that i've never heard before is negativity going out into the universe and possible ramifications of that can you speak more about that i think in no time in our history uh, with the exception of well i'm, I'm going to completely retract that but if you look at at uh the um, Holocaust, assuming you believe that happened, which it, yeah, I've been there. Um, how negative and evil was that whole thing? And how do we look back at that and go, we must learn from that, and uh, we must, we must not, um, we can't forget it, but we can never repeat it. I mean, we and really World War II in totality, we killed so many people. I think it's almost a billion people of all walks of life: civilian, military, kids, moms, dads, uh, everybody. In many, many different ways, we, we were just really good at that. We've been we we're better. We're still very far from done, but we haven't killed that many people in a while. Um, it's still just disgusting what. Uh, the evil that it's the bad that exists out there but then you know it's fairly common all through 911 you heard um 911 you heard um the uh, focus on the good people i think mr rogers said the good people show up focus on the good people that show up and i'm one of those i run to the blast i don't um i, I if i hear something explode or somebody in trouble i i go there and and uh I'm blessed with a lot of faculties that allow me to, to perform well and rationally and, and not lose my head. A lot of people lose their head. I've seen it happen a bunch of times. So um, 
we've got to keep after the negative. And, and I think depending on he, what's amazing in this, not to get it all political, but in this sort of yin-yang we've got going on Earth right now, the entire Earth, if you saw NATO, is embroiled in this two-sided thing. That, that If you hear one side criticize the other or talk about the other, they're saying the exact same thing. They, you, you, could, you could just switch sides, literally, if you listen to it. They're saying the exact same criticisms. You're taking away our freedom. You're doing it. So um, that talk about a, a yin and a yang, uh, it's happening right now. And uh, it kind of has always been there, but um, we're going through a, a definitely a different brand. And uh, we've got to make, we've got to keep that positivity and and. I think that a lot of that manifests uh, uh, peace and love, the goals of peace and love. Nobody wants, to, everybody that dies in war is somebody's kid or somebody's mom or dad or you take all these individuals. They don't want that to happen. Why does it happen? You know? So it's that evil thing. It's that, that negative thing that allows us to do that. And it, and it it's a constant battle and I think those of us that we need to recognize that we're Ernie come here Ernie's speaking up again sorry sorry it's those we always need to battle that negative side and it's you know sit in church and listen to the uh, any sermon is all about love and peace and um and then sit at any pentagon meeting with and I'm military and as are my sons and my father and his father. We're four generations in military. Somebody's got to take out the trash. I get that. But the um, we we can't keep doing this to ourselves. It's it feels like it's getting coming to a head, if you will. And that's this isn't the first time in history people have said that. So maybe it's not. One can hope that we're calling each other out and uh, and the good side will win. I, I believe the good side is winning. I think that's why the bad side is crawling right now and, and uh, really angry and freaking out because they're realizing that, uh, no, we don't want to send our, send our sons to war. Uh, we don't want to, we don't want people like, you know, presidents of countries being the only person to send 500,000 people yeah. into war and kill 100,000 and 200,000 of them to die. 300,000 people because of one guy? What? Yeah. So I think the world reaction to some of the current events and being critical of it and and some of these people being being seen for what they are um, is indicative of where we are headed, and I, I, it's it's very encouraging. You can choose to see this as an awful time in the world, um, but it's I don't believe it is. Have you noticed after your NDE that you had new mental abilities? That you didn't have prior well yes I, I think starting with recognizing what happened 
I think a lot of people go through that sort of thing and don't even know what hit them. It took me two or three days to even remember that this happened. That's what's freakish is I, I recovered from it and then remembered it. It's like a car wreck or something. Sometimes you lose all memory of it and sometimes and you never get it back. There's a, a, a something in our a chemical, I forget, in our brain that uh, makes us do that. So ketamine. Um, but the, um, the um, it took me a while to even remember it. So that's one part of, of uh, something I didn't know existed in me was, was a mental uh, sense of those energies. Um, and again, there are people that say that was all organic and I don't care what it was, it was my perception of what, that's one thing I realized, another, I've got all these things. Your perception of the world is your reality, that's it. So, um, and everybody's entitled to that and people can debate it, but, um, and what I'm getting around to is, um, it's hard for me to distinguish, I think just setting out on this journey and, and living through cancer was, uh, I had an 80% chance of dying within a year with my diagnosis. Most people die. Recent um, research is saying that depression accompanies pancreatic cancer and that that may be one of the reasons for the extremely bad outcome. But anyway, I was supposed to die. But that does things to you. And uh, I think that's, that out of body thing prepared me, may have been why I had it, who knows, to navigate cancer my oncologist said i was the i was the best patient he had ever had i mean i was just relentless i, I was like when they told me about the diagnosis i said look i'm going to stop at denial because <laughs> this ain't going to happen we're going to fight this what do i do tomorrow and i never lost that fight now i was went through the five stages if you will but um, um i always fought it and uh and i beat it now so and then uh, i'm spinning your question but the um my ability to take this diagnosis that i've had and, and live with the possibility that i've, I've got a 70 say 83 percent chance of dying in the next two years until i hit five years after diagnosis I live with that every day still, but why would you spend time worrying about something? The the time you, if, even if I'm gonna die in two years or a year or six days or tomorrow, we get hit by a bus. Why do I worry about, why would I worry about, spend, waste my time, precious time here, um, loving people and watching my boys and my dog and, you know, doing stuff. Um, I have myriad uh, hobbies, and um, and then this mental thing and meditation and all these things I'm doing that I wasn't doing before. Um, why would I waste time not doing those, worrying about dying? It's pointless. So that's something that I realized. I wouldn't call that a mental faculty, maybe, but it's certainly took a different part of my brain to uh, make that connection. 
and then it's hard to distinguish. TM does that to you. Um, meditation is very restive. Rest is very, very important. Sleep is very, very important to your brain. There's even a theory that there's brain dirt, that, that we're not at all inactive. Our brain is very active while we're sleeping. It's cleaning up from all the activity during the day. So it's just as important as waking to the brain. And you must sleep or, and you perform much better when you do. Much better. Documented. So um, it's hard. And, and all of my faculties have improved through that. So I don't, it's hard to distinguish between what was the new faculties. What, what was it? Was it TM or was it the cancer or the heart attack or the thoughts or the, or the GIA or the... the, the uh, out-of-body experience or near-death experience or um, what? which of those made me what I am now. You mentioned earlier something about it was like the Matrix or something. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, when I after I had my heart attack, I came out of the hospital and my girlfriend drove me home and I was looking around and I was like, you know, all this would still be going on if I would have actually died, if, if they weren't able to revive uh, 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 revived me. They shot me twice, by the way. The first time didn't work. <laughs> so um, I was like, all this would still be going on. So a um, couple of things from that. The world looks like a um, surreal after that, it, or it did to me, because it. we all think it's natural, I think, to think some part or a lot of part in the case of narcissists revolves around you. That's all you, you have, a, we, it's natural. So all of our perception is, is our perception. So you realize that if I were dead, if I would have died, all this would still be going on. This guy would still be walking down the sidewalk. That person would still be getting fuel in their car that all this would still be happening, but I wouldn't be here. And that sounds maybe silly, but um, to experience it was uh, made, me, made me look at the world completely differently. And I, what I drew from that is, is um, it's our job to have fun. I mean, two generations, three generations from now, nobody's going to remember who I was. You know, I didn't really consider that. And that sounds negative, maybe. I don't know, but it's true. Um, and um, unless I invent the cure to something big, but even then, people won't know. Hopefully this podcast will be out there forever so people will keep watching it and still know who you are. That would be cool. That would work if it helps people. It's another thing I, I want to share taken me a long time years uh, over a decade to share this these experiences and I just haven't been able to really write them down I've tried I don't know what shape to make it I could even write a fiction with it or whatever but I, maybe this is um, this will be a really good thing this will maybe uh, be a, a better way to share it I've toyed with the idea of uh, doing this and other people have suggested I do this I blog myself but uh, I'm so busy that's another thing my business I, I moved here to retire and to meditate and to 
become enlightened. And I have the busiest business I've ever had. I've accidentally started trying to help people. And I, and it's this grows. And they say with TM that that sort of thing happens where things just fall into place. But what is your new business? I was a handyman for years in Chicago on the side. And now this has turned into a, a full-blown construction. I'm about to get a, a general contractor's license and uh, I'm doing some remodeling. Uh, I've been a designer before, kitchen and bath designer, but now I'm able to design and um, and install and hire trades and, and uh, work with guys and girls to, to uh, do the work. So it's very amazing. And it just fell into place. And I, and I just... I let it happen. That's the difference is I spent my life, I was the big corporate guy, a real, real hot shot, you know, dark suit, white shirt, uh, shiny $400 shoes and all that jazz, manicures. I'm so not that guy. And, and But I had to force that. People would tell me, Taylor, back off a little bit, you know, chill, man. You're just a little too, buddy, you, can you hear him? Can you hear yeah, my dog? Yeah, he wants up. I'm oh, sorry. Let me pick them back up again. He's probably about done. I'm going to take him outside. Um, um, it all, this all evolved from trying to help people. Um, my, my thing is, my philosophy in this business, this time, is I'm just here to help. Um, and if um, kind of a sliding scale pay and my goal is to help people and um, um, it's needed in this town there's a huge demand for trades and I'm able to do that and I have tools and I can learn and there's YouTube which is amazing and um, and then there, there are schools um, they're making it very easy to certify in electricity now for example to be a certified electrician then it's a little scary that <laughs> it's too easy, but um, you can go to school now for 12 months and certify as a certified electrician. So it just all fell into place. And it, it, uh, it that's like I said, they say that sort of thing happens, but uh, it's just neat. I've kind of found a niche, you know, it's kind of personal, but um, anyway, I just, it's uh, not all a piece of cake, but it's at least uh, most of it is. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you open sure. to that? And how Absolutely. Can, how can they reach you? I think um, I would rather, it's easier to manage. I'm a pretty busy guy. So um, uh, email is probably the best. Um, and they can use um, decide which email. Um, it's uh, A R T R V. I'll repeat this: A R T R V L E R one at gmail dot com. That's Alpha Romeo Tango Romeo Victor Lima Echo Romeo at gmail dot com. Or Art the word Art R V like the camper L E R at hotmail.com. People get it wrong a lot. So, um, and I assume they might be able to email you or something. If, or if it's okay with you, I can always also 
put the email address in the video description. Absolutely. Yeah, that's fine. Perfectly fine. I, like I said, I, my whole thing now is to help. Um, and I think I've been through some, I occasionally comment on things like on Facebook and whatever, where people are just did a couple of nights ago, somebody was like, how do I deal with a terminal diagnosis? And I was able to say some things that really helped. And uh, that was, that's just very neat. And then it, it surfaces in everywhere I go, just in walking down the, you know, I'm, um, I'm just a um, much more open person, but I'm also more, more perceptive of people. A lot of people just want to be left alone. <laughs> so, um, and sometimes I do, and I honor that. I probably haven't always honored that as much. So, And again, some of this could be aging. A lot of it could be aging. And there's a wisdom that comes with 65 years of living on this planet, but um, or more. What kind of advice? But I don't fault. I don't fault or take any lower uh, opinion of of kids, younger people, because out of their mouth comes just the most amazing things. Especially now, they're so such a crazy world to live in for younger people. Anyway. What kind of advice do you have for people who have lost friends or family and are grieving? If you have faith, rely on the fact that um, whatever brand or whatever version of faith, understand that they're, I hate to sound trite, but they're in a better place. This is not it. If what I saw was right, it was amazing, and this place didn't matter. And um, take from their friends or relatives, loved ones passing, take from that to continue their spirit, their energy, um, and um, that they're, they're, they're um, You see a lot of, I've seen somebody die. I've seen several people die. And I used to work in a nursing home. And there was this one in particular lady that was in so much pain. And when she died, I was literally looking at her face. Um, This smile came over her face that was just, it was exactly what I think I felt when I was, had my experience. It was just absolutely divine in in the pure sense of the word. And um, thought of it could have been pain relief, but because it's a pretty good pain reliever. <laughs> but um, I think some of it, she was like, here I am, you know. And uh, so I think most people have some version of that. I describe it as when you're, when you're um, I don't know if you've ever had a car wreck. Most people have had some version of a car wreck. Like you see it about to happen and there's this phase where you're, oh my God, it's happening. You try to avoid it and then you realize you can't avoid it and you just realize it's going to happen and you kind of relax. There's that, that, uh, those little fractions of a second that you're like, oh, I'm going to hit them anyway. So, uh, you know, relax, stop freaking, it's going to happen. So, um, I think that relaxation is is what we feel when we hit the wall 
with uh, at the end of our lives. It's um, it's a relief. This is a tough place to live, man. There's a lot of a lot of bad stuff going on in this world, and you, you can't focus on that. But you know, when, I, I think at the end, people own it and go, "Wow, this is this next place is much better." Before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Have fun. You know, it's kind of our job. Nobody's going to remember us three generations from now, two generations from now. That's just the way of the world. It's the way it is. Um, but we left a print that still that still exists. Our energy is still out there. It's just much bigger. It's in a bigger place. But don't, um, you know, go with the bird in hand. You know, enjoy your life and try to try to arrange things where you have fun. That's what else is there? You know, you can't take the money with you. Um, and and I would say don't don't be so materialistic. Maybe if that's what makes you happy, if you think that's going to stick, okay. But I get much more out of non-materialism than materialism, and I've had both. Um, personally, but I think that's it. Just those two words, have fun, you know, love and enjoy people and enjoy things and uh, understand it will get better if you just keep showing up. It's, 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 uh, if nothing else, you're going to pass into a much cooler place. So that's what I would say. Have fun. Taylor, thank you for that message, and thank you again for being my guest today. I really appreciate you, and I wish you success in whatever you're doing. Me too, Jeffrey. It's uh, you're you're really good at what you do. Thank you. So, say bye, Ernie. Bye, Ernie. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.